Hey, 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 you are listening to the Proxy Cool Podcast with your girl, your friend, your bad daddy, Kiki Anderson. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. That track you just heard is by my new buddy, Travis Kirby. He is a monster composer. He sent me a bunch of samples for this podcast, and I picked that one because I was like, for some reason, this sounds like cool sneakers to me, and I want that to be the way you feel every time you tune in to Proxy Cool. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, this is a long time coming. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I'm always joking about starting a podcast. So now I'm starting a podcast. I could only keep up that bit for so long before it became horribly stale. Shout out to my homie Joe Merkel, who probably rags on me the hardest about it. Fuck you, man. Uh, here I am. Here, I'm doing it. This is the reality that I'm in, and it's also the reality that you're in. So I hope you're comfortable. I hope you're sitting in your car on your way to work. Hopefully it's not a job that you hate. Or maybe you're coming back from work and, uh, well... It's over. You're done. You made it. You have to do it again tomorrow. Actually, you know what? It would be way better if you were listening to this while you're in bed smoking your weed. Or if you're listening to this while you're doing the nasty. Well, um, you're just a fucking pervert. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, we have a really cool... Or I have... Who's, who the fuck is we? This is hard, you guys. Yeah, uh, this is awkward. But you know what? We're here. I have a very cool interview lined up for you on this premiere episode i spent my monday night at a funeral home here in la specifically the chapel of a funeral home and i was hanging out with one of the embalmers there uh she's a super cool chick and i can't wait for you to learn more about her we talk about all kinds of crazy things life death uh gross things that dead people do um ghost and uh, weird things people get buried with. I think this episode is good throughout, so I hope you'll stick along for the ride. But because it is the first episode, I thought maybe we should do a quick little intro in case you are for some reason tuning in and you don't know who I am. Uh, well, so my name's Kiki, and uh, I'm an L.A.-based comedian and writer. I'm originally from D.C. I moved here about a year ago. A year ago, I was working, well, I guess a little bit more than a year ago, I was working as a TV news reporter. I had been doing that for about four years. That's what I went to college for. And I quit. I decided to dedicate myself full-time to comedy. I really loved journalism. I still love journalism. I'm still kind of a news junkie. But I was really fed up with the industry. And honestly, this is what I always wanted to do since I was about 15 years old. Uh, John Stewart was my hero, and I so badly just wanted to make people laugh, but I didn't, I didn't know anything about comedy in the industry. I didn't know how to start. I didn't even know what an improv class was, and so I went to college and did the thing that I knew I was good at. I was good at journalism. Um, my dad was a journalist. I got a kick out of it doing the high school paper, you know, very prestigious journalism, obviously, and so I went to school for that at Arizona State University. Go Devils. And uh, I, I loved I loved what I was studying. I made some really amazing friends there. I took my first job. Well, okay. I took my first journal, official journalism job in Eugene, Oregon. But before I did that, I came to LA. And I found this job on Craigslist that was asking for a camera person interviewer for a film festival. And I was like, yeah, what the heck? I need a job. Uh, so my first real job uh, doing this kind of, was interviewing celebrities on the red carpet. It was super cool, super glamorous. I loved it. Um, I can't really say anything bad about it. I just, you know, I kind of wanted to make a name for myself. So I went on to Eugene, Oregon, started working in local news because that's how you make a name for yourself. No, but really, I, I did want to, I wanted to come back to LA when I had something to show for it. So I went to Eugene and then uh, spent two years there. Then I went to Baltimore closer to home, closer to D.C., spent two years there, and I loved journalism so much. It was a front row seat to America. Every day I was meeting somebody interesting, whether it was, you know, the people making the laws or the people being affected by the laws, people, 
who had survived something really hard, people that maybe were the cause of something really difficult, you know, interviewing a lot of people getting into trouble, people that were inspirational, people that were creating, people that were destructive. I've, I feel like I met everybody. It was, a, it was a front row seat to America. But the journalism industry sucks, and I found it super di- disheartening. So, so I found it really easy to leave. Uh, it was the kick out the door that I needed to come here and, and chase a bigger dream. I'm super happy to be here. I'm very content with my life choices. And I still, I still love journalism. I really respect the work that reporters do um, you know, on the clock and off the clock. It's, they're very similar in a lot of ways. You have to look at the world under a microscope, whether you're a comedian or a journalist. I, I think if you're good at them, you go in with a blank slate. Um, and you can't be too precious about any ideas or institutions. Everything's kind of fair game. Um, the difference between journalism and c- comedy, I think, is that I used to spend my l- time turning the mic towards other people, and now I tor- turn it towards myself. I, I try to describe it to people as like, when you're putting together a story for the public, uh, you are preparing a three-course meal. It's what's going on, why should you care, and what might happen next. When you're a comedian, you're kind of just the one eating the meal and telling people how it tastes. You are the food critic and the amusement, and I guess you're kind of the dessert. Mm, 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 mm. We'll talk more about that on a different po- different podcast, I'm sure. But yes, I love journalism, and I really miss talking to different types of people. I miss being out in the field. I love comedy. This is the life that I always wanted. I always wanted to be around creative people, funny people. Um, And comedians are interesting in their own right. Some of them. For some people, the most interesting thing about them is that they do comedy. Which, you know, to each their own. That's that's fine. Uh, But yeah, I don't always feel like I get what I need out of it. So I created this podcast, Proxy Cool, hoping the coolness of the people I talk to just rubs off on me and stimulates my mind and hopefully yours so here we are I hope uh, it's not too rough of a ride I'm not super used to just this free form talking uh, on a microphone you know when I was a news reporter I definitely talked with my news voice that's my news voice that's hack it was more like I'm Kiki Anderson and I'm starting a podcast but I don't think that's the voice that you want to listen to and I will also try very hard to not fall into the typical vocal fry of female comedians that talk like this Maybe I should do like a sexy voice, like, hey, this is my podcast. We'll figure it out. But in the meantime, I would like to introduce you to my first guest. She worked with my sister, who's a makeup artist, and my sister told me all about her, and I thought she was just so cool. She, like I said, is an embalmer, and she's just got this really cool vibe, like very like 60s, 70s vibe. And um, she has hairless pets. And according to my sister, she has this really, really cool house that a lot of uh, productions film at. And honestly, she's just she's just all around dope. She is very real, very vulnerable, uh, great sense of humor. And I hope you enjoy this interview. Please welcome Louis Brock. I feel like I, we got to get this out of the way. Are there ghosts here? Um, maybe to some people. I have not personally um, been acquainted with any, so um, to each their own, but I certainly don't believe in any of that. So um, really? I believe that people believe in it, but I, I personally don't. Yeah. Okay, don't. we're going to dig deeper on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but before we do all that, um, why don't you tell me, okay, so what's your formal job title? Um, currently, I am a licensed embalmer, and I'm also a licensed funeral director. Um, I hold both licenses, but currently I am right now just embalming basically all day, every day. So um, I don't currently make funeral arrangements, but I am able to. So what is the role of an embalmer? So is that like making modern day mummies? (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you're a shitty embalmer, yeah. No. um, So being an embalmer, you're basically... um, temporarily preserving bodies for let's say a uh, visitation for a funeral or um, a ship out international domestic Um, sometimes people are embalmed and they're not even seen by families they're buried straight away so there's a lot of different reasons people are embalmed but to be embalmed you're basically um, injected with certain chemicals and 
a lot of blood is drained out and then that's just basically the first step and then after that is all like the different like cosmetics and hair and things like that so yeah <laughs> interesting okay so cosmetics and hair I I feel like I have to ask because yes. we're in LA and you know I'm sure you have a lot of high profile clients and a, mm -hmm. you call them clients um case cases yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean clients works but you know yeah cases is really can't complain yeah. to you no, so. oh no that's why I love it it's amazing yeah I don't have to deal with um any complaining or um well if there is complaining from families, but I do not hear that part since I'm not like, you know, the client facing side, I'm behind the scenes. So I don't really hear much. So, but mm. that was going to be one of my questions yeah. is, do you hate people? Um, <laughs> I'm going to be a nice person right now and say, no, I don't hate people. I don't like people's habits, let's mm. say. Um, and it's funny because a lot of those like bad habits, especially like, um, uh, like bo bodily, what's the word? Um, uh, like just, like hygiene habits come out after they're dead and you can tell a lot from a person after they've died by like how they took care of themselves so that's like a pet peeve of mine and that's really gross but I digress um, so what should <laughs> I be doing to make your job easier is um, it just you know flossing or? yeah like clean under your nails man like I mean I know like <laughs> some people are like bedridden they can't take care of themselves but it's like hey if you have like a grandmother like you know do her nails once in a while or like give her like a manicure like help take care of your loved ones like it makes a big difference so you know just you know not that you're gonna be keeping your local embalmer in the back of your head while you're doing that but <laughs> yeah well now I will be yeah. every time I'm gonna be like you I know what this is for Louie <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah no people are people are fine I like I said I, I don't meet with families but when I did meet with families I did enjoy it um I felt like I got a lot back from that job as well as this one it's just in a in a different way um it's emotionally very difficult um physically this job is more demanding than being a funeral director but um again I digress there's just a lot of different like aspects and topics to this job so it's like and I'm going to ask yeah. you about all yeah. of Yeah, so sorry if I go off on tangents. No, 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 I want all the tangents. I want to learn everything. I want no questions at the end. You know okay. what I'm okay. saying? Right. Like, right. I want to know what I'm getting into. Um, so tell me a little bit. Okay, so how old were you when you saw your first dead body? And were you just, like, fixated on death? Or, like, what happened there? Um, no, I actually had never been to a funeral until actually I was it well into embalming or mortuary school. I hadn't even been to, um, yeah, a, a friend's funeral, a family, you know, family funeral, anything. Um, the first dead body I ever saw was when I went to visit a friend at work at a mortuary in another state because I was interested in this whole industry and I'd never seen a dead body before. And I was, I don't know, 27, 28 maybe. And I saw it, she let me in, she showed me, showed me you know, each of the different like the cremation, uh, the embalming room, things like that. And I was like, I could do this. This doesn't bother me at all. Literally the first dead body I'd ever seen. And like people asked me how I get in, got into this. And that was literally just like the first step. And I was like, all right, let's just, let's just do this. Let's just dive right in. So I applied to school, went to school, um, saw a lot of bodies there. Uh -huh. um, but in terms of like my first, actually, you know what? I've actually never been to someone I know's funeral. That's really weird. I just realized that. Yeah. So I, 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 my grandmother passed away when I was in mortuary school, but we did, I didn't view her. Uh -huh. um, and then, like, I've had friends pass away since then. But I personally have, like, never seen someone that I knew, like, yeah. closely. Um, well, I, I feel like that's because, okay, so the first dead body I yeah. saw, um, I must have been 13. Mm. And not to brag, but I knew the biggest funeral director in like my county. He <laughs> <laughs> was like hot shit, right? <laughs> it was hot shit. So I have friends in high places or low places, depending <laughs> how you look at it. So uh, my fr I was friends with his daughter and we were like leaving for spring break and he's like, oh, I gotta go pick up some paperwork at work. Mm. And his work was a funeral home and I walk in and there's just a body because I guess they were like in the middle of something. Yeah. But I mean, they kind of look like wax dolls at the end. Yeah. So it's really like a sanitized experience. So you saw like the after of all the. Yeah, she was ready stuff. to go. Okay, well, good. That's good because beforehand it's like not very pretty. So Yikes. like the whole point and like the, the great part of this is like, yeah, after they're, you know, finished being made to look nice, like hopefully they're like super presentable and it's not so freaky because like before we work on them, it's, it's not, it's not too pretty. Like, Yikes. yeah, <laughs> you don't want anybody to see that. So like, that's my job. You know what I mean? So like I can absorb all like the weird shit that people don't have to see. And then, you know, I can present it in a, you know, better way for people. So, yeah. yeah. Can I, can I talk about your email from last week? Sure. Yeah. It was crazy. Cause uh, I was supposed to interview Louie last week 
and uh, she had to cancel because her, you know, she is always working. People are always dying. And in this particular case, somebody was in pieces. Yeah, he was unfortunately in a train accident, and I think he was a pedestrian. I don't think he was in his car, but he accidentally, I'm not sure actually if it was accidentally or not. I didn't get the details on that one, but he was, yeah, he was hit by a train, unfortunately. Um, It happens more often than you would think. Really? Um, And unfortunately, (laughs) not unfortunately for me, but I generally have to embalm those cases because the family does want to see them. Because like with sudden deaths like that, it's such a shock that they want to see their their person like it makes sense but they just don't know what their condition is like they they have no clue like what what you know they look like before they see them so you know my job is to make them have basically no idea that they were in five six parts sewn back together and you know made whole again people have such a different we're definitely going to talk about like your views on on death and that kind of thing but um it's just so interesting how the different approaches people take to it. Like, I, yeah. I would not personally want to see that at all. That's not for me. Me neither. No, I know. Sometimes I'm just like, what are these people thinking? But then again, like, I can't judge, you know. Like, they have their reasons. Um, everybody needs their own way to mourn. And, you know, so, you know, I just do what my job is and just don't ask questions sometimes. You can't. Like, sometimes I have, like, the craziest cases where I'm like, we tell the family we do not recommend viewing. And sometimes they have to actually sign waivers um, you know, releasing any emotion, uh, emotional um, distress, whatever, you know, t- onto us that, um, that you know, we can't get sued. So there are cases like that, that, you know, we have to have that kind of, you know, li- we can't have the liability. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, okay. Well, so we live in LA and you have clients who are maybe more well-to-do mm-hmm. and then ones that maybe just average Joe's. Mm-hmm. Do the people that come in here that are more well-to-do, they have like a face full of Botox or they have like implants, does that change the nature of your work? Are you talking about the the cases I work on or the yeah. family members? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess both. <laughs> um, since I haven't met with that many, fam- well, I've heard stories, but no. I mean, we obviously like treat families the same way, whether like, you know, you're paying for, you know, a $50,000 funeral or, you know, the like, basic cremation, you know, like I treat everybody exactly the same, no matter if you're famous or, you know, you're a homeless person coming in and you're unclaimed by county. Like, it doesn't matter to me. Sometimes I don't even know your background. So like, you know, we're all the I same just, we're the basically, but um, I do like it though, when I get these like really old ladies from Beverly Hills that come in and you can tell they've had a lot of plastic surgery, a lot of, you know, things injected into their face <laughs> and they want like a very specific makeup. You know, they have like a Chanel suit they're going in. I'm just like, Ooh, project. This is great. Like specific makeup instructions, like very, like people will send in pictures or write in instructions about like what they want for their family. And I actually like that sometimes because it's like, you're trying to like pass a test for the family like you're like meeting these guidelines and then other times you have no instruction no picture and you're just like I don't even know what color this person is supposed to be and you just have to like figure it out kind of guess make yeah. them look like they're natural self, yeah I guess. yeah sometimes I'm like um are they Hispanic are they Greek are they white sometimes you don't know because they are so discolored like as in black or blue or uh-huh. you know not you know a normal flesh colored skin color um so sometimes I don't even I don't even know where to start and there's no photos sometimes so it's like it's a big um it's sometimes it's like a puzzle sometimes and I like it so it's challenging <laughs> you don't get squeamish ever um the <laughs> no the only time I get squeamish is when there are um maggots oh god well how does that happen that the body's been like out um, for too long normally yeah they've been out for too long um if someone's like died at home and they haven't been found for a while um if there's like one fly that's crawled up your nose and made their little home there and laid some eggs then you got an issue yeah or if they come from the coroner and they've been there for a long time then yeah it just depends on like one little fly could like ruin (laughs) yeah no I have almost that's the only time it's never it's never the person it's always like something creepy crawly that's set me off it probably smells terrible um in general some yeah sometimes yeah it's not pleasant it's not pleasant and I have a very good sense of smell me too so yeah, yeah. people don't understand that either it's like a blessing and a curse it is a curse there's like why I mean I can I can I know everybody's perfume and cologne like that but like that's pointless you know what I mean like yeah. I can like name that cologne <laughs> but, like this with this job <laughs> seriously it is my husband hates it too because I'm like well, you had tacos why didn't you get me a taco <laughs> like I know what you ate today um but yeah, no, the, the smell is not pleasant. Um, I do not, 
I do not recommend that to anybody. No, it's um sometimes it's fine. Like there's always like a base level of grossness, and then other times it's like I put on a you know a, a mask. I have to use like a respirator sometimes because it's so oh bad. God. Yeah, I remember. Uh, so now I'm committed to comedy full time, but oh, cool. I used to be a journalist and we had this news story. We knew it was a murder going into it, mm. um, but we didn't really know the details of it. So we get to the crime scene and you don't have to have ever smelled a dead body to oh, know what you're God. smelling. We could smell it from a block away. It was so fucking bad. See, that's oh even God. gnarlier than for me to see it in like, a, you know, my ventilated, well, sort of <laughs> ventilated, you know, prep room. Like if you're seeing it out in the open like that, that's, that would freak me out. I don't, I don't know if I could handle that. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Like, yeah, I, it really was. I, I didn't really see a lot of, like, horrible things at my job, but, man, you smell the them. smell. <laughs> yeah, especially for someone who has, like, a keen sense of smell. Yeah. I can't. No, that's that, that's hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, my aunt, uh, she, uh, when one of our family members passed away, she was telling me that she was talking to the, like, funeral director, mm-hmm. and she was like, yeah, well, we have to take out all the medical implants and the, like, plastic implants. Mm. Uh, and she was talking about how, like, boob jobs make a huge mess if you, like, puncture you, like, them puncture them mm. or cremate them. Mm. Is that something you deal with? Um, the cremation, I don't think we've ever had to take them out or anything. I've never known that to be an issue. I've oh, do you do cremations as well? We, yeah, there's a cremation. Um, there's three chamber, two? There's two or three on site here. I don't know why I don't know that. I'm never in there, but... Um, is yeah. that like somebody else's job? Um, yeah, there's a couple of crem- uh, crematory operators. I actually have my um, crematory operator certificate. It's not even a license, but I have that, but I've never used it. So Fascinating. Um, there's all these like different jobs, yeah. and, like, different licenses that you just don't even know exist. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Um, when you go to school, um, especially here in California, they want you to exit your school having done like all of your boards, all of your you know licensures. Like they really like prepare you for entering this with like to be completely prepared. So yeah, I yeah. did some research before this, and I saw that it's called mortuary arts, mm. which sounds like something out of Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a bit like that. Yeah, yeah. It um. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, don't even, me getting into mortuary school, like, I don't want to, like, trash my school or anything, but, like, I, I did not enjoy it. And it's coming from someone who, like, likes academics. I have a bachelor's degree from Emerson College. Like, this was so much harder than anything I, like, ever imagined it was going to be. Not the, the profession, but the schooling itself. And it's only, like, a two-year program, but they treat it like it's some, like, really fucked up, like, type of medical school or something. Like, I was going to say, there's probably a lot of, like, biology involved. Yeah, yeah, which I had never taken before because, like, I have a liberal arts degree and, you know, I've never taken science before and it's like now that I know or <laughs> that I'm into science and this kind of like profession I really wish I had just like gone to med school like <laughs> <laughs> but then you'd have to deal with the living true I, I could still be a medical examiner you can like go work for the coroner like oh that's a cool job now that I you know I'm already here so no I'm, I'm happy with it I've just like oh I could have been like a plastic surgeon or something because <laughs> I do the same stuff on dead bodies honestly so wow yeah. That's so interesting that you just like you saw and you were like, I can do this. Mm. And there was no questions. Yeah, I was um, I have a marketing degree from Emerson, but I went into fashion and then I was actually modeling for a while um, and met my husband and was trying to figure out like what I was you know going to do with myself. So I was like I worked at American Apparel for a couple of years, like at the downtown um you know, main office um, in their web department. So I did like a lot of web production. And it was, it was, you know, it was fun. I met a lot of, you know, really cool people. I learned a lot, but I wasn't like fulfilled. I never thought I'd like get to the point where I'm like, I'm not happy. I'm not like, you know, doing things for other people. I'm not like doing something that's helping the world or whatever. Not that I feel like I'm helping the world, but I'm definitely like helping individual families doing mm-hmm. what I do. Um, but I was just like, I remember just like I went to Vegas and like came back and was like, I can't do this anymore. So like I quit my job, I quit everything, went back to school, applied to school, went back to school. And I was just like, hopefully this works. Like hopefully I like this and this will be a career. And it, it did, it worked. Like I'm really glad that I, I gave up everything and did that, so. But I feel yeah. like your marketing degree is still um, very much in use. Like I looked at your Instagram, you have this really cool brand going on that you've built around your mortuary career. I didn't uh, even realize. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. yeah, no, okay, cool. Well, I mean, your Instagram, it says like mortician yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Embalmer. Embalmer, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then you have all these like pictures of your dog that's hairless and like yeah. you have this very like artsy kind of like it's got like a kind of a, like Tim Burton vibes to it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So you've, I, you've branded yourself. I get I don't know. I guess 
I, of some sorts, yeah. Like I, I worked with a lot of like um, vintage companies back in the day before I did all this too. So I'm like really into vintage clothes, vintage furniture. Like I drive a '71 Volkswagen Beetle. Like cool. I definitely have like the '70s vibe that I'm comfortable with right now. Um, and yeah, a couple of hairless animals and a hairy husband. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> Is he gonna um, listen to this podcast? I'm maybe, yeah, probably. I listen to all of the stuff that he's on. Not. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, um, he's going to learn a lot about you. So, okay. So let's go into your views on like what you do, because I always think it's kind of crazy with all respect to your job, but like, it's crazy that people still want to like preserve themselves. Like that feels like a very boomerish perspective Mm -hmm. on death. Like, Oh, like I want to take it with me. I want to still be relevant in a way, like have a place where people can come visit me. Like for me, mm-hmm. I'm all ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Mm-hmm. Throw me in the sewer. I don't care. Same. <laughs> like, no, I'm the same. Actually, I don't want to be embalmed. I wouldn't want to go through the process. It's just too much trouble on everybody else. Just like, yeah, you know, cremate me, do whatever. I don't necessarily don't even care what happens to me. It's like whatever my husband or my family wants done with me. If they want to see me embalmed, they want to see me fine. It's up to them. Yeah. So it's different. Like it's either, you know, some people have pre-needs where they have like their funeral already planned out and everything. So they know exactly what they want. And then other people, obviously most people don't have any clue and it's left up to the family. Uh So it's like to the families or next of kin's um, wishes. So it's interesting what, what certain people believe in. Religion plays a huge part of it. Culture, since we have like a large, you know, Hispanic community here in Los Angeles, um, which is, you know, majority Catholic, mm-hmm. um, they are really big into their rosaries, the viewings, the wakes. They have really long services. So most of those cases are embalmed. So yeah. uh, it's interesting to see all like the different cultures and religions and stuff and what they believe in or don't believe in. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm Jewish, but I'm a bad Jew. I think our same, custom. Same, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Great. We are a tribe. We are a different tribe. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think our tradition is like, just put them in the coffin as fast as you can. We don't want to see them. And then you, yeah. you got to drop the coffin and like crack it so that the bad spirits go away. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of things like that. And then there's something to do with the dirt as well. I forgot. <laughs> I, should, I should know this. Um, all I know is that you're not supposed to be cremated. So that's oh, like really? the biggest. Yeah. Like um, there are like specific Jewish mortuaries. We don't do a lot of Jewish cases. And I don't think there's a Jewish section here at the cemetery. Um, but there are different, um, you know, customs. Like they're, they have to be washed. They can't be embalmed. Um yeah, different things. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, I mean, if I, I didn't know that about the cremation. I'm going to piss off a lot of my ancestors. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is that it's taboo. It's, I should actually find out. I don't know why I don't know this. This is like, I probably learned this in school and completely like blocked it out. But um, yeah, we don't do a lot of like, yeah, Jewish cremations or Jewish viewings ever. So. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So what are your views on death? Is it something you spend a lot of time thinking about or you honestly like don't even want to talk about it most days? I mean, you have to talk it today. Uh, Yeah, I know. I'm like, do I have to? No, Um, it's both. I think about it all the time, like subconsciously. I'm it's always present in the back of my mind. Um, But then also some days I'm just like, okay, how do I get away from this? Like I'm either working or I'm sleeping. Like I really don't like currently I like have much like a social life right now. So it's like my life revolves around like death, which is hard to get away from but it's also like really like invigorating in a way because it just makes me think differently or deeper about things um I'm definitely a little bit more paranoid in how I function in daily life which is like pretty bad because I was already paranoid to begin with but like safety or I like think about like my family a lot like I try to see them as much as I can like things matter I won't say things matter more to me but I definitely like place value on like every second that I'm alive like it's definitely I, I guess it makes me just I'm just think thinking all the time <laughs> like it, my brain just like doesn't shut up so it, and especially when you're working on other people like you have a lot of time to yourself by yourself thinking um so I try to like you know not listen to my brain and listen to a lot of podcasts so. oh well <laughs> you got this one Proxy <laughs> cool. so you're around death all the time do you like I know when I, with my old job, like I was exposed to so many weird ways you can die that I was like hyper aware of like, hey, if you connect your appliances to an extension cord, your house could blow up. And other people are like, what? I've never even heard of that. I'm like, yes, it happens all the time. So you must be like hyper aware about death. I am, I am, but I'm also like a completely, I mean, my my car doesn't have airbags, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like I have no, I drive a 50 year old, well, I mean more than that now, 50 year old car. Like there's certain things that make no sense. Like it's just, I'm kind of like a walking like conundrum really. But um, other things like, yeah, if my husband like goes to the store or something and like he's gone for 
I don't even know, like 20 or 30 minutes. It's not like, oh, where is he? It's like, he's dead. He's not like, he, he's definitely been hit by a car. Like something's oh happened God. because I'm just like so paranoid, which is really fucked up and really annoying. And I need to like be better at that. But um, yeah, hyper aware of everything for sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I mean, you have to be. It would be crazy if you weren't. Yeah, I just, I've seen, yeah, like you were saying, like so many different ways to pass away that it's, it could literally, it could happen to anybody. No one is safe from it. Like, that's kind of what connects everyone together. Everyone's born and everyone dies. So it's like, we're all the same, really. We're all the same yeah. at the end. Are you a very spiritual person? Not really. I'm definitely not religious. Spiritual, um, you can get back to me on that one in maybe a couple of years, because right now, yeah, not so much. I don't really have, that doesn't like occupy part of my, my being <laughs> at all <laughs> yeah so you're you don't really think that there's anything no after this you're like you're the last stop <laughs> I, I suppose well I mean I don't know I'm not one to say I you know people spend their lives like preparing for like their afterlife and I'm like okay well that seems like a waste of time because nobody actually knows that that, that exists so just live this life the best you can and be a nice person be a good person that's all that matters um and then who is to say, like, maybe there is something. I don't know. I'm not the authority on that. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. think anybody is. So it's like I um, I, <laughs> I don't want to say I, I look forward to seeing what happens because I don't. But um, as far as I know, I, I've never experienced any, um, you know, hints of some sort of afterlife ever. So darn. Yeah. I was really hoping to get a ghost on my first I podcast, know. but fine. fine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, <sighs> it's fine. Let's see. I have a list of questions here. Uh, has a body ever done any crazy rigor mortis on you? Um, well, rigor mortis is actually, most people get rigor mortis. Um, it's like the stiffening of limbs um, or the body itself um, within a certain amount of period after they've died. It's usually within 48 hours you have rigor. So um, it's like a common misconception that like bodies sit up or they move. Like I've never seen that or experienced that. Like there's definitely some like, noises that happen but that's just gas usually the farting um the i wouldn't say farts? farting just like just air coming out of different parts it's not like farting but it's it's like a hiss almost like a hiss coming from the mouth or from any orifice that can it can come out of um I, i'm definitely gonna be like the dead person that like hawks a loo oh god yeah that's my <laughs> least favorite part actually is like spit or like boogers or oh no cl yeah cleaning mouths and like all embalmers have like their weird quirks that they're the quirk the quirk that they the things that they don't like about the body some people don't like toes or toenails like i don't like mouths and you have to obviously disinfect them really well and Ew. it's not my favorite part but i have to do it it's my least favorite part too <laughs> i agree <laughs> yeah it sounds terrible they're very dirty places those i don't mouths. like living mouths like if i kiss no. you oh. <laughs> that's that's big <laughs> yeah i mean you know, dentists have a really high suicide rate for a reason so you know really yep apparently yeah wow do you get a lot of dentists in here I've never well not that I know of actually no dentists because I, you I probably can get them all the time you just don't know oh, may uh, maybe <laughs> well because you see their death certificates usually so you see their occupations oh. and I actually try to like dig more into what us people usually do and like look up who they were you know um, sometimes it's like a younger person like I'll look on their Facebook just to like if it, I need a picture or like a reference picture like I'll see their picture and then their lives and then it's it's pretty weird like you kind of try to get to know a person a little bit when you're working on them and then you become like a bit connected to them and you want to you know care for them further and like care about the family it's now that I'm saying all this out loud it's really bizarre but it's definitely like a helpful part to it for me wow you must have like a crazy imagination I mean with Facebook and stuff like I know that mm. that helps kind of piece it all together but do you kind of start like telling a story in your head sort of yeah or you just like have questions like you just wonder like especially with you know untimely deaths like young men and women it's um it's really sad I think those are some of the ones that really really gets me people who are just in like freak car accidents those are the ones that I'm just like this could literally happen to anybody um and I do you know think about like what they experienced or what they saw or like you know you get people in and they have certain looks on their faces or wow. it's like the last face they made you know what I mean like you, it's it's or like when I it's a lot of like last moments it's like when I'm closing someone's eyes I'm the person seeing their eyes for the last time like this person has lived 20 years 80 years 100 years like they've used these eyes their whole life and I'm the one who's like seeing them last and closing them it's like these weird poignant moments that I don't really know how to like explain or like you know, for like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to explain. 
you're like, yeah you're like the guy in the river sticks oh uh, like, yeah no like yeah but then like what do I do with all that that information or feeling and I am a creative person so I'm like trying to figure out like different ways of like channeling that and I guess I just put it back into the work itself but um you should be a writer I'm a horrible writer. Obviously, I'm a horrible, like, speaker because I... What? I <laughs> no, this is great. I'm having a great time. This is so cool. I mean, we're in a chapel at 9 o'clock on a Monday night, so I'm, yeah. I'm having a blast. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's super interesting. Okay, so you're staring into their eyes. Do people do, like... Like, what are their crazy faces? Like, ah! It's very... Um, <laughs> yes, actually, it's like uh, <laughs> the audio visual here. <laughs> the visual component is luckily missing. Well, it's like it's like it looks like someone's like taking their last breath. Sometimes, or other times, like they definitely are in like a fixed position. Or if they were in an accident, you know, most people. I mean, most of the time, people's mouths are open, and you have to like close them and fix the features and like make their face in a very natural way. And so that part of it is like the art that I like. I like to do. Um, yeah, that's gonna be me I'm the person that falls asleep on planes and my <laughs> mouth is gaping open Are it's so <laughs> ugly I'm gonna die like being a mouth breather that I've always been my whole life I hate you no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> my, my husband is one of those and I'm just like looking at him on the plane I'm just like how do you do that how do you even fall asleep that fast I'm so envious of that like, it's so disgusting <laughs> I think like for what I like for how well that I smell I don't actually get that much air through my nose <laughs> so I think I have to open my mouth so I don't die in my sleep I get it no I, that's, yeah, this, yeah. <laughs> <Gross>. <laughs> so I know for me, I, I just feel like our jobs were very connected. Like mm -hmm. you see weird stuff happening all the time and stuff that's very powerful, very inspirational. That makes you think a lot. What about when you're having like a great day and you have to come to work <laughs> and deal with like very chaotic, um, really sad things? Like how do you, does it have an impact or is it kind of like, oh, you have to check yourself and remember not smile so much because like this is serious? Um, I think generally people who are in this industry do all have a decent, healthy sense of humor. You have to. Yeah. Um, the embalmers that I've known are all like great people. They have like, you know, their own interests, their own different personalities, but definitely like a sense of humor is, is required because if you didn't have it, then I don't, I don't know how you would make it through the day. Cause it is, it is a depressing thing to see every day, but you can't see it as depressing. Like you just can't like. I if I have like a good day at work honestly it's probably because like I've had a couple cases that were like really challenging and um, I like learned something from it or like taught myself like a new trick or you know was able to show someone else like how to do something like an apprentice or whatever yeah so um, it's definitely like rewarding in that sense um, like I get joy out of you know coming up with like a good a, a good case in front of me and like the family is happy like I try to find out like exactly if the family was like pleased with you know their appearance of their loved one etc like I keep in contact with a lot most of the funeral directors like mm -hmm. that's something I really like strive to do and like I've gotten letters and emails and it's like super like satisfying like hearing back and getting feedback because you rarely get it so like you know it's nice when you get it it is very rewarding you are kind of you got to kind of hold these people's hand through that through this like last yeah the last piece the last piece of the puzzle yeah and like i said like i i don't get to um like do it from start to finish like i don't get to meet with the family and mm -hmm. then go work on the body i would love that to work at, like a small funeral home where i did do everything from start to finish but unfortunately those don't exist much in california anymore um so it's all just definitely compartmentalized in this okay. industry. So the funeral directors are over here, and then the embalmers are here, and then at the end, you know, the funeral people who do the funeral, the funeral attendants are over here. So it's all separate. That's um, probably better th in the sense that it creates more jobs, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, but it definitely like kills small business, unfortunately. <laughs> kills. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if I if I found like a you know somewhere where I could do all the things, I would be I probably would be pretty happy because they're also doing you know a myriad of different things all day you're not just embalming which is what i'm doing right now is just basically like embalming three to four cases a night every night and i work night shift three too. to four cases yeah which apparently isn't enough to my boss but is um, it because people aren't dying enough <laughs> oh no there's we have we, there's never we never not have cases to work on right now like we we have such a huge what do you mean right load. now like the end of the world is coming and more people are dying what's happening there we go through seasons it's weird um so what is this january yeah so december january is there's an influx because it's colder and unfortunately like more people pass away when it's colder it's like it's just a weird pattern um and then in the summer when it's hotter I mean, it seems like obviously pretty straightforward, but like yeah. it, I, people don't realize that. So yeah, July, August, and January, 
December, January, like when we have like the spikes in deaths. I feel like the holidays are rough too. Like in the holidays, of, yeah. yeah, yeah, holidays. Um, it's really weird. I've noticed this like pattern with um birthdays. Like, and I don't know, maybe I don't know if it's like I I see their birth date and then obviously like the day that I'm embalming them, but like their date of death is so close to their birthday sometimes, especially with older people. Like a high percentage of them like will have their birthday and then pass away within the next few days. Wow. I see it all the time. So I would just wonder if that's if they're like holding out for that or if that's just. I think there's I mean, some I truth noticed. to that. We yeah. had a family member recently. Um, he, he was a lot older. I think he was in his 90s. Mm-hmm. And he held on till his birthday and passed away a few weeks after that. But it was like he was waiting because he knew his oh. whole family was coming oh, to see him. Yeah, that I makes feel sense. like when you have something to hold on for, you definitely stretch it out as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Huh. Yeah, it happens a lot. Um, yeah, I took this. This is such a douchey way to start a sentence. I'm mm. so sorry, but I took this class in college that was called <laughs> "Death and Dying: Cross Cultural Perspective," mm. and it was so cool because it was talking about like how different cultures react to death, mm-hmm. and it also taught you like I, I don't remember the actual facts, but it it was centered around how cemeteries used to be built versus mm-hmm. how they're built now, mm-hmm. and how like there was this period of time where they would put them away from the town because like nobody wanted to think about death. And Mm -hmm. then there was this like renaissance where everybody was like, dying is living, let's put it in the center of town. Or or they just ran out of room, so they started building their houses around the cemeteries. it's interesting because like some cultures will see it as this like icky, scary thing, and some people see it as this huge celebration. Like I know in a lot of African cultures, mm. it's literally a celebration of life, and they have like music and yeah, yeah. And that's the cool thing about living in LA is you get to see a lot of those different um, cultures and stuff. So I can't imagine just being like, no offense, like stuck in Middle America. And I've lived in Middle America, so I know. Um, and you know, experiencing just like the same like. For example, like Caucasian Christian funeral, like over and over and over again here, like we see like so many different things and it's like super rich and super interesting. So, yeah, I love that. I love that. I, um, again, when I was living in Oregon, I covered, they were, they were doing this, uh, oh God, I don't know what you call it. It was like a natural burial <laughs> mm-hmm. where you yeah. could basically get like, they had these like felt cups and they were shaped like acorns because they're cute. (laughs) And you could get like cremated and then put into the acorn and put into the ground so that then you like turn into a tree. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that's what I want to do. But then I want them to like cut down the tree and like turn me into like (laughs) something bad, like dirty magazine or something. I was going to say like like a a bed frame. I don't know why I just thought of that. Like the wood for, uh, sorry. Yeah, like what could you make this tree out of? Um, A dirty magazine. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah there's a lot of different like new newer ways of um disposition um people are, are talking a lot about this like tree pods now or like human compost and things like that that's being legalized um human compost oh so you you c- but yeah. like, then you end up like eating your i don't think it's for like eating it, it's more just for like forestry maybe uh, I didn't, okay. or flowers i'm not I really sure eat, like, the tomatoes of my level <laughs> i know right I'm, I'm sure some people would love that but no not all of us are yeah that um, sounds gross <laughs> it's dirty and weird and like somebody's weird fetish nope nope nope, 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 nope. <laughs> um but there's there's this thing called um and I, I don't know if all people outside of the industry have heard of it or not, but it's called liquid cremation, and it's technically called resumation. So, um, like, you know, right now, you can either be buried or cremated. Like, there's two options. And mm-hmm. so hopefully down the line, it'll be legalized so that there's multiple types of dispositions. Um, hopefully ones with, like, fewer, you know, less impact on the environment. Like, all the concrete and wood that's being buried out, you know, in our environment is is, is it's obviously not good for, you know, <laughs> yeah. the earth and all the emissions and, you know, carbon that's being released from like the cremations um so there's different new ways and this thing called resumation is basically it's a liquid cremation it's going to be legalized in california in july um california is always pivoting i know right yeah well since since we were such a green state which is funny because of the pollution but we you know it, it hopefully it'll be um popular here um, but basically, like, you're put in a chamber, as you are, like, a, a cremation chamber, but this is um, wet instead of dry, so they add, basically, like, a natural ingredient, lye, to the body, and then water and pressure and heat are added, and they're basically, your body's broken down into a liquid Whoa. that is flushed down the drain. Whoa. And then the, all that's left is bones, and those bones are ground up as would be, you know, cremains, 
like what, what you get at a normal cremation like a protein shake okay basically yeah so grandma's flushed down the drain which bothers people but at the same time like people don't realize like when i'm embalming someone like all your blood is going down the drain you know what i mean like all the embalming chemicals are going down the drain there's no special filtration for any of this so i think that's the hurdle for that type of disposition that their people are going to have to get over but um, anyway, that's uh, that's a new one that I'm excited about, and hopefully we'll catch on in California. So that's kind of blowing my mind, though. I would assume that like biological material gets mm. disposed of. Certain certain stuff does, like because I know like when you work in a place with like vaccines and stuff, they have like a biohazard box yeah. that gets picked up. Yeah, we I mean we have those for sure. Um, yeah. for like all the hospital, you know, like refuse and gowns and you know bandages and things like that. But like the blood and like the the actual, um, I mean tissues things like that they get yeah they just go down the drain which blows my mind every time i do it but i mean yeah so is there like a ceremony involved with that like now we are going to ceremoniously pour you down the drain oh actually no well i mean i guess you could watch the process happening not that it's like viewable because it's in a big steel container but like that's actually a good question <laughs> wow we should invent one we should be I know. pioneers i'm like wait a minute <laughs> that's a step to that process that i've not thought about do you want to be flushed down the bathroom yeah. sink or the kitchen sink? Yeah, this is a <laughs> pick which sink you'd like. It's like a casket. Like, pick which type of tile you would like to be. That's oh, there's so many options. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, find me at the nicest hotel in L.A. and flush me yeah, down Yeah, exactly. Oh. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. So I guess um, my last question, you were talking about, you know, people have different, like, makeup requests, different clothing requests. Have you ever had something like crazy that somebody requested was interred with them? Uh, I knew you were gonna ask me something like this. <laughs> um, and I have an answer for that. And I'm just like, oh. So not to be buried with them, no. Cause there are a lot of like limits to which we allow you know, families to like what they're cremated with or what they can be buried with. You can't with. like be buried with your car. Well, 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 if you wanted to like buy the plot, you could probably, they'd let you do it. Cause money talks around Wait, here. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously like, well, not obviously. People don't know this. I need to stop saying that. So if you want to be buried, let's say, with, like, your pet's cremains, like, their ashes, like, they technically don't allow that. Like, things like Why? that. Because it's, it's, it's only for human use. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's been situations where, like, they've been snuck in or something. Yeah. You know? But, like, funeral directors obviously wouldn't be aware of that. Um, but there's certain laws that, like, regulate that kind of thing. But in terms of, like, being buried with, I haven't had any weird requests of that certain things that people want to be dressed in like I've had like you know women who provide like female underwear for their husbands to be buried in what yeah I don't know if it's their underwear or just like their kinky fetish underwear or like um fishnets for their men to <laughs> wear underneath their jeans um I would say the weirdest request I ever got was I don't, this is probably gonna, like going to trigger a lot of people, but it's it's about it's about a baby. So if you guys you know are like weird about kids and babies, okay, like maybe trigger warning. This, this is yeah. your time to tune out, but then come back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it, this is literally like the weirdest story I have. Um, so basically, we we do unfortunately like we have to embalm a lot of babies, and sometimes they actually are fetuses. They're not completely formed babies like they're 25 weeks 30 weeks like very underdeveloped babies oh and people God. actually have funerals for these babies um instead of you know having like let's say the hospital just use it as um waste like they send the, the baby to the funeral home oh and God. even though all my pro-choice lights and sirens are i know going off in my head. i know i mean obviously yeah that's that's the family's choice that's great right. and everything but when it gets to us it's basically kind of like a specimen in a in a jar you know what i mean and they want to have funerals for these specimens i guess you could say um so sometimes they would like these these very small fetuses and i'm talking like four to five inches sometimes and that's a bigger one too to be dressed in clothing oh my god so you have to find like doll clothes funny that you say that so normally i you can just fashion something out of like what we have like we have like little funeral clothes that they can use or whatever or like the baby clothes that they provide that we just have to like basically fix to make it smaller things like that but this family literally provided a ken doll tuxedo for this fetus okay ken <laughs> has like great clothes but that's crazy also ken is like what is it like 12 inches tall yeah i mean this baby was like four inches oh my and god so, so they were too big it was too long yeah <gasps> so i had to like cut it down and like put the baby in this like white 
like smoking tuxedo, like smoking jacket tuxedo thing. It was so bizarre. And I that was like my first month as an apprentice too when that happened. Um, so that was like a big like welcome to like the weirdest shit you're ever gonna see like in this job. So yeah, that was definitely like the weirdest one. And the family insisted on it. We we got them in it and they had their viewing and they were happy. And I guess that's all that matters is when the family's happy. So wow. Yeah. Well, I know your job is not to judge, but I'm judging. That's okay. Good. I'm glad somebody is. <laughs> I'm judging. Uh, yeah. For some reason, I keep thinking of that scene in Men in Black. <laughs> I think about the little guy. Yeah. That's, I think about him like all. No. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Every time I see certain cases, I think about that alien. I'm not even joking. <laughs> the one that has like little remote control yeah, in the like, guy's hey, head. And then he like dies. And for some reason, it's super it's sad. It's so sad in the end. Yeah. He's adorable. And I see a lot of him. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, that's really funny that you say that, though. Yeah. 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 For some reason, like, that's what I'm picturing a four-inch fetus. You're like. not wrong. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, I don't know how to move on from this. I know. I'm sorry. It's, like, really <laughs> heavy. And for me, I mean, honestly, like, I it doesn't bother me seeing children and babies. I'm not a mother myself. Yeah. So if it alleviates any, you know, like stress from other embalmers or families who don't want to like deal with the situation, like I'm happy to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it doesn't bother me, like that's fine. So uh -huh. I, you know, I'll, I'm happy. No, I'm happy to embalm. I hate saying it like that. I don't mind embalming cases like that. I actually like embalming children. They aren't difficult to do sometimes. Yeah. It's just like basically something on like a smaller scale it's it's interesting when everything is tiny like the veins are tiny the arteries are tiny mm, um yeah. it's like doing like very like microscopic work so it's like more ch well it's easier but it's also more challenging it's weird anyway it's okay it's the nature of your business every every business that's involved in life and death i feel like has their weird yeah 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 their weird quirks we definitely i mean yeah when I was a journalist, we were like immune to mm. death because you're around it all the time. And you say things that would horrify other people. But you're like, what am I supposed to do? You I know? know? Yeah, I'm just trying to like be realistic, I guess. But um, I, I know that a lot of people can't like wouldn't be able to stomach what I do. And yeah. sometimes I'm just like, I don't know how I can either. I have no idea. No clue. It's not like I grew up around like in a funeral home or like around death and, at, at all. So it's interesting. And I think about that a lot. <laughs> Well, I think it's it's very psychological. I mean, not to be crass or to downplay mm. the beauty of human life, but at the end of the day, we are blood and guts, just like every other animal, and we eat animals, and we cut them up, and we do yeah. weird stuff to them that they bleed the same as we do, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. it's really, it shouldn't be that gross, but we put this, like, psyche on it. Yeah, um, yeah. We are literally, like, walking bags of, like, liquid and organs. Like, right. it's, 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 yeah. It's very easy to die, apparently. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, uh, I know a girl now. Uh, if you need a hookup, if you're planning on dying anytime soon, um, yeah. Well, what am I missing? What else do people need to know about your job? Um, I don't know. Well, there's just like a lot of specific questions that people ask me. Like, there's a lot of like preconceptions or or notions of what I do. Like, people think that. Um, to be okay the main one I guess would be like when you're embalmed does that mean you last forever is that what I kind of assume that's what yeah so that's not that's not what it is um a lot of people think that and I think people like some people rest easy thinking that you know once they're embalmed they'll be in the ground forever they look beautiful forever like that's not the case everybody decomposes everybody decomposes it does not matter I mean unless you're like King Tut or whatever but right we all no matter how you've been embalmed will decompose in the ground or however um have you ever had to like curse a body like king tut <laughs> no i've actually never even gotten like really like weird juju from bodies either or like certain yeah. people yeah um maybe after i've read their, about their story it's a little weird but anyway um no, no 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 it's okay i'm like that's a whole other thing trust me um but yeah so no embalming just so everybody is like clear because this is like the main like part of my job it's literally just for temporary preservation for like if your funeral's in a week I will embalm you so that you will last throughout that week and through your funeral. And then once you're buried, then my, my job is done. You know what I mean? Like some embalmers like want to make them last forever, which to me is completely bizarre and like against what we do. Like I think they have the wrong idea of it, but basically once you're embalmed, once you're sorry, once you're buried, then yeah, then it's not up to me what happens to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so how long does a body last like it depends it depends on what you died from it depends on your age your condition like how you're embalmed um i've done disinterments before which are like super interesting like Whoa. you take bodies out of 
their grave. Oh my god, can to I come to one? <laughs> legally, no. <laughs> I only le- I'm only there because I legally have to be there because you have to have a license in Balmer to be there. Because I actually I like it's like a weird excavation sometimes. Because sometimes they're buried in like the 50s or 60s and they're in like polyester clothing that does not decompose. So Whoa. it's just like a skeleton and bones in a suit. See, this is the criticism of the fashion industry. <laughs> Wear degradable clothes. Yeah, exactly. Degradable. Exactly. Seriously, it's true. Um, yeah. Okay, so wait, why would you have to unbury somebody? So it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes it happens when there's like a criminal case. I've never been experienced that part, but like if there's a criminal case and they need to like get DNA or do like another autopsy, then the family can request, um, you know, another autopsy to be done. So they have to be disinterred. In the case that I've done them, it's because let's say there is a person in a single plot and the the father has died if he's in that plot the mother dies and they want them buried you know stacked on top of each other basically so coffin on top of coffin mm-hmm. casket on top of casket so they have to disinter him dig deeper down bury you know bury him first then her so basically like tetris whoa <laughs> are the reasons body tetris body tetris yeah um i'd be so pissed like here i am sleeping yeah it's it's weird to me i mean i wouldn't want to like i would like try to plan ahead but obviously like that's not in people's nature sometimes to like think about that far ahead um, in terms of like real estate, afterlife real yeah, estate. Yeah, you usually think that it's that's <laughs> it. You're done. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Um, Do you guys ever run out of space? They are running out of space um, in a lot of cemeteries. That's actually an issue. So what you'll see is um, they will build vertically mausoleums. Mm. So people are, you know, stacked outside of the ground in concrete in mausoleums so that's they they've built one here a new one they're building another one because they are running out of space um yeah yeah running out of space yeah (laughs) yeah well it's crazy i feel like we just have so many people which Mm -hmm. has to mean so many people are dying like where where are you supposed to put them yeah i think that's why cremation is like you know it's more than 50 percent now that people are being cremated out out of all cases so um those ashes then are you know people people do what they need to do with they bring them home or they scatter them but that's definitely one of the the ways of um that we're saving more space i guess yeah yeah well then you have things like pet cemeteries and I'm yeah. like, who's out here visiting their dog like l- listen i love animals but like i'm not gonna go sit at my dog's no gravesite and talk to him that's crazy yeah i've never been to one of those i actually i can't deal with animal death like i can't even like really talk about it honestly because i get like really upset and like really weirded out yeah i will cry at animal deaths in movies a thousand times over any human it's a it's my trigger it's and people are like really animals make you sad but humans don't i'm like yes i don't know why it's just the way it is like if i see like i would like be driving to mortuary school knowing that i'd have an embalming lab that day and i would see like a dead dog on the side of the road and I would just like be derailed like it would it would just like make me burst into tears and then like and then no veterinary (laughs) school for you hawk and owl no no (laughs) No. (laughs) yeah no No, I'm the same I remember I watched I was on a plane by myself and I watched Marley and me oh I no can't go yeah don't watch it (laughs) why would you do that to yourself I was like oh movie about a dog this will be great and of course it ends horribly and I'm just sobbing in my seat and there's this dude next to me who's like (laughs) taken up two seats and I'm like on his shoulder like I'm sorry I just you know the dog and he's like are you okay do we still have like six hours on this flight are you going to be okay (laughs) you're like no Marley and me (laughs) me, but mostly me why is this happening to me (laughs) now I I feel you on that because um yeah I my dog is like 11 years old now and I'm just like just hang in there buddy like I'm not gonna I'm gonna lose lose my mind if you ever leave me so I'm just like not looking forward to that whole part of it and I don't know I think a big part of just like everyone's life is preparing yourself for the deaths of people you love or pets that you love and like that is a really hard part in life so that's my worst fear it really ditto same and it has been since I was a kid like the you know deaths of my parents or things like that and um I really feel for people who like who go through it and um grief is the most difficult thing you can deal with in life and everyone goes through it differently and it's um I feel like it's something that we all have or will have in common so it's kind of something that we can all connect on with and people don't talk about enough honestly like going back to like the whole sense of humor things like you just I mean you can't you can't be depressed and sad every you know all day about these kind of things like you have to like move on and carry on and find like the light things in life and you know yeah yeah that's all I can do <laughs> yeah have you ever had a client come in and be like well, I guess they don't come in, but like, <laughs> they come in and their family's like, she wants like 
glitter makeup. I wish. I'm waiting. I'm waiting <laughs> for a drag queen come in. I'm waiting for a clown. Anything. Oh my god. Like OTT, I would love. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, one day I will get that case. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if I ever come through, lather it up. Put glitter. All glitter. <laughs> okay. Cool. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> People provide their own makeup sometimes, and I'm like, ooh, like what is it? And I, you know can't obviously like take it home and use it and test it but like testing other people's makeup on other people is also I have to find like really weird like different Joys. exciting things exa exactly in my job to like get through sometimes and I'm saying this all this stuff out loud is I'm like I really hope I don't come across as like a crazy person or a weirdo but I, I love what I do and this is like the reality of the you know of the job so no, yeah. That interview you just heard was with Louie Brock you can follow her on Instagram L-O-U-I-E Brock, B-R-O-C-K. Please, please give her a follow. She's a really cool chick, and um, she just has this great brand beyond her actual job. The, of course, the music today was by my friend Travis Kirby, and the graphic that you were looking at when you decided to tune into this podcast was designed by my friend Matt Torres. So thank you, thank you to all those people involved. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please, please, please hit the subscribe button. I am going to be trying to put out more episodes. Right now, I'm just shooting for as often as I can. It might be monthly. It might be weekly. It might be bi-weekly. We'll see. I'm trying to go for quality over quantity. Um, and yeah, eventually, I hope I can just make this a consistent thing and get some sponsors. And I don't know, just like Next time your Uber driver is all like, oh, yeah, do you listen to Joe Rogan? Be like, yeah, sure I do. He's super cool. But also, have you heard of Kiki Anderson? Because she's doing the same thing. But, you know, she's got boobies. Okay. Yeah, well, that seems like the right place to stop. Goodbye.